Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back for the third hour of Raider Nation Radio's morning tailgate in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, all here for you. One hour to go here as we'll talk to Nate Davis in just a few seconds from USA Today, but we'll also have Marcus Johnson on at 9.30 going over some Raiders footage throughout the offseason. 69187 is the Salmon Ash text line. You can also hit us up on Twitter at rnr 920 am and on the phones at 702-365-9200 as we broadcast live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And joining us now is Nate Davis, the great NFL writer with USA Today. Follow him on Twitter at by Nate Davis. Good morning, Nate. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good, thank you. And Nate, you know, I got to ask you, like, as as we start to take a look at mini camps opening up in and around Las Vegas here for the uh, Raiders and Henderson, how do you feel like the Raiders are starting to look on a national perspective? You know, in consideration on the AFC West, do you feel like they have started to started to turn the corner, or at least start closing in on Kansas City as the top of the leaderboard in the in that division out of the West? Well, I mean, I think they're going to be part of an interesting conversation out there in the AFC West. I mean, I think you can probably make a case that maybe any of those teams could, could win the division. You know, personally, I, I think uh, um, to me, Denver is, is probably the team that's, that's uh, in the rear at this point with a new coach, new quarterback, and, and you know, a couple other issues there. Obviously, the Raiders coming off a uh, impressive playoff season after all the adversity they overcome. You know, you had Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones at, at some premium positions. Um, Personally, to me, I think the Chargers are the team that are in best position to, to challenge okay. um, Kansas City. But, but, I mean, I think the Raiders are, are going to be right there as well. And I think it could be one of those situations where you, know, you see a lot of uh, of these teams cannibalizing each other and, and maybe only two get to the playoffs because they're going to beat each other up so much. But um certainly looking forward to, to watching these AFC West games play out. It should, it should be, uh, you know, good headway football. We're talking to Nate Davis from USA Today. And, Nate, I just got to ask you real quick. Uh, any sleepless nights recently with the Mets being on the West Coast and you being based uh, on the East? It's must-see TV at this point. I mean, my, my sleepless nights are mostly because my eight-month-old refuses <laughs> to sleep for more than three hours right now. Oh, that'll do it. Vinny, that, so so I'm, I'm, I'm not sleeping for other reasons than I'm not getting to watch a whole lot of Mets baseball, but I'm trying to to, to build up my uh, uh, you know my, my permission to do that for uh, hopefully for October. <laughs> permission, uh, yes, quite, right, exactly. Quite, quite, quite frankly, my my first priority is to go see a top top gun, but that hasn't happened yet either. So I got you, I got you. Well, uh, I'll I'll hold it down on this end because they're playing some great baseball and a lot of fun baseball out here on the West Coast uh, this this last uh, uh, few days. But Nate, I got to ask you because. You know, we're bringing up how uh, improved the AFC West is, whether you're talking about the Chargers, the Denver Broncos. We're not quite sure about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they may be the only team that took a step back in this division. But when you talk about the Raiders and you talk about the tandem of Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, I look across the NFL. I'm hard-pressed to find a better tandem than that. Um, how, uh, how, how, how effective, how spectacular maybe could that tandem end up being? Well, and let's throw in Hunter Renfro too. I mean, yeah. I mean you know, to no talk doubt. about a triple threat. And I mean, I think the great thing is is that all three of those guys 
um, should, should really complement each other, you know, very well. And, and obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how long it takes Derek and Devontae to kind of uh, get back in, in their rhythm. You know, it's obviously been a minute, bit of minutes since they, they played together on the same team, but, uh, you, you know, the chemistry should be there with, with Darren and certainly with, with, with Renfro. And, and, you know, you're talking about a team that um, ought to be able to, to threaten um, every every part of the field with, with those uh, with those three guys. Um, so, it, Certainly should be should be fun to watch. Uh, should should open things up for uh, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and, and even Zamir White. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they kind of get out of him. Um, you know, but you know, I think the issue with the Raiders though is kind of it's kind of like you know the dessert is all there, but what about the, the vegetables? You know, how how good is the blocking going to be? You know, are, are they going to have any issues? Maybe up the middle on defense or, or in secondary, but. Uh, usually those things are maybe a little easier to, to fix on the fly than, than getting yourself a, a number one wide receiver, number one pass rusher, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, in respect to your question, I mean, it's certainly going to be pick your poison for opposing defenses as, 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 as who they're going to cover. And, you know, I, don't, I, I guess you're going to see maybe a lot of teams do the Patriots model where you see cornerbacks uh, uh, two and three um, uh, covering Devontae, maybe your best guys on Renfro and, and the linebacker or safety on Wall or whatever, but it, it's going to be a tough team to defend. Hi, something I've been looking at, uh, we've been talking there a little bit about, uh, you said some of the meat and some of the vegetables, about those mashed potatoes and the gravy and looking at the secondary and how they might shake out. What kind of role do you expect to see out of Jonathan Abram this year? He's been somebody that I've been really looking at and thinking, like, if he can be in the right place to succeed, that's really going to help the secondary uh, be successful. So what, what kind of role do you see him playing this year? You, 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 know, you kind of think it would maybe it would be more that that dime linebacker kind of thing. I mean, I know mm-hmm. he's kind of known more as a, as a box safety and not necessarily a guy that, that patrols the deep path. And, and certainly, you think that Trayvon Merrick will, will, will be doing that role. But uh, you, you know, the one thing that I'm sure Raiders fans are kind of hoping um, is, is that you know Josh McDaniels kind of brings this this Patriots uh, ability to to uh, maximize what, what each guy. Um, does best, and certainly, you know, Jonathan Abrams has kind of been exposed to certain parts of the game over the years. And certainly, durability has been another issue with him. But uh, you can't help for more than you put your guys you know, in a position to succeed, and that, that's all. That, that's that, that's what good coaching does. So, uh, hopefully, for you know Jonathan, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be able to, to to prove that you know he's he's ready to be a big time player at this level, and, and given that. He and his other draft mates all had their their uh, fifth year options declined. There, there's, there's a lot in line riding for these guys. It's Nate Davis here with us on Raider Nation Radio. When you bring up Top Gun references, especially with this movie, we won't spoil it. Heidi and I have seen it. We we want you to enjoy it on your own. But just as like a little thing, like Val Kilmer, like Iceman becomes like the Admiral, right? And it makes me feel like the like the Admiral for the Raiders defense is Patrick Graham. You saw him out there in New York with the Giants. What are some of the characteristics that Patrick Graham can kind of instill with what this Raiders defense needs to get to? Or is it going to be different because the Giants were a uh, Different machine altogether. Well, I, I think what you're, you're probably going to see out of him, and uh, the, the Giants ran, you know, more more of the uh, the three four kind of fronts that I think you know you're probably going to see um, the Raiders do more. You know, Max Crosby and maybe Chandler Jones and more more stand up roles. But okay. uh, again, I think and again, obviously, Justin Daniels is an offensive guy. But I mean, for for years, the Patriots were kind of known as a team. That had multiple looks on defense, um, and I think that the Raiders kind of have the personnel 
um, at least in the key positions, you know, Crosby and, and Jones on the edge. But I think you're, you're maybe going to see a lot of different things from them. And, and, and hopefully that's where you see, you know, Jonathan Abram have, have success doing different things. But I think, you know, they're, they're going to have to kind of work, obviously, with what they have and then try to put those guys in, in the right position to succeed. Patrick Graham had some success with that with the Giants. I think he's probably got um, better personnel uh, out there in Las Vegas, so but but I, I would expect something something different, and I think I think that may be one thing that works uh, in, in their favor uh, is, is that teams like the Chiefs and Chargers that, that have seen this team the last th- three or four years are going to have to be you know kind of start over from a scouting report, and, oh, yeah. and they're not going to have that familiarity um, trying to attack this team. Talking to Nate Davis, he covers the NFL for USA Today. Uh, Nate, um, up in San Francisco, uh, a couple of developments. Number one, Jimmy Garoppolo was excused from minicamp. Um, and then, uh, on the other hand, Debo Samuel, uh, the, the, the 49ers wide receiver, is reporting to minicamp. Uh, the second part first. Did the 49ers win the stare down uh, between Debo Samuel? And uh, do you expect that to move forward um, without any kind of a holdout in training camp? Number one. And number two, where does Jimmy Garoppolo end up? Uh, well, well, number one, I did not know that Iceman was an Apple now. So I, I, I can't believe you, you leaked that to me. But um, I, I will move on and deal with that. Uh, it's on uh, me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. I, I already figured out the Miles Teller. I think it's his, so. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, I think I think the 49ers kind of won the Debo Samuel thing when you know I'm not he didn't have much recourse you know after they didn't trade him at the draft and I, I figured that they kind of made their point and, and everyone was moving on once Debo restored them to his social media accounts. Right. Uh, but you know he, he's playing for, for for the big contract now, so it's not like he can very well you know, you know sit out. I, I realize he probably doesn't want to have all all that wear and tear on his body that comes from playing that that wide back um, position, but. You know the, the the big thing here is, I mean, they, they obviously we all know that you know you got an all pro player, you need him on your offense. Um, but more than that, you know, you, you've got a second year quarterback who had limited playing time last year, and, and this is going to be a very important guy for for Trey Lance's you know level of success this year. So um, I think this is this is big for everyone, and um, you know, I think I think also for Debo Samuel, I think probably the best thing you can do is, is show up. Um, play well, try to get a rhythm going with Trey Lance. And, and, you know, if you're acting, you know, and not to say he wasn't professional, I understand that there are concerns there, but, I mean, um, I, I think this is probably the best path to maybe getting that extension done uh, early, like we've seen other guys do. And, and, and this all works out to, to, to Debo Samuel's advantage to some degree, seeing guys like Devontae Adams and A.J. Brown, uh, Stephon Diggs get these huge, you know, 24-plus million-dollar-year contracts. Um, you know, that market's kind of been set for him now. And maybe the 49ers, you know, behoove them to, to get that taken care of uh, and, and done rather, rather than let you know, that wide receiver market continue to blow up. Um, you know, as for Garoppolo, obviously, you know, not much he could do anyway. Still not throwing. So um, what's the point of really being out, being out there watching Trey Lance play when, when you've already, you know, shown that you can run that offense? There's not a whole lot you're going to get out of it. Um, best thing he can do is continue his rehab, I think. And, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I can't see them trading him to Seattle. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, you, you, you kind of think maybe does it get to a point probably where we're, we're just does a team like the Panthers kind of cave and decide that they need a veteran quarterback or does somebody get hurt? I mean, you're not, you're not rooting for anybody in the league to get hurt, but things happen in July and August. Guys get hurt, they don't play well. Um, and maybe a team like the Jets sees Zach Wilson having a catastrophic August, and they decide they need to bring a more capable guy into play. I mean, just just throwing out like that kind of scenario. But um, I think at this point, for the 49ers, I mean, 
But worst case, you know, quote unquote worst, is, is it's you've got a quarterback that's taking you to, to the Super Bowl one year and, and to the brink of it uh, another, you know, as, as your QB two. And I think certainly Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to burn any bridges the way Baker Mayfield has. Uh, I think he'll be a professional, and if he has to be the back of the Trey Lance this year, he'll he'll, he'll do that job. Um, maybe he'll get traded at the trade deadline. Maybe, maybe he gets through the year and, and has a better market for free agency next year uh, when, when he's healthy. But um, at this point, I think I think there are options for everyone. They're all left on the table because everyone's been adults about the situation, and then we'll see kind of what happens moving forward. You had a little bit of talk on contracts in there, and I was just going to bring up what we saw Aaron Donald get paid. I mean, the restructuring of his contract makes him the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. We've heard that with the guaranteed money of $65 million over the next two seasons. What do you make of that contract, and how does it set the bar for others at his position going forward? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said it. I mean, the the bar is set, and I don't know how anyone is going to have you know the leverage to, to get over that bar. He is Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's unique. I mean, I think I think he started to kind of in, enter the conversation, uh, or you can at least see that the conversation is heading in the direction. Are, are we going to ultimately be talking about this guy as the best defensive player uh, in, in NFL history? I mean, I think he's going for a fourth, you know, uh, defensive player of the year award this year, which I believe would be. Uh, a, a record, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's he's a signature talent. Um, he he deserves that, that kind of compensation. Um, so I think obviously the Rams want, want want him on their team moving forward for the next few years. Uh, you know, we, we've all talked about how, how the wide receiver position has really elevated this off season. At least when you t- look at the way that they've been compensated, um, it may be over over the pass rushers. Uh, Aaron Donald certainly is, is more than a pass rusher, even though he's he's very good at that as well. But uh, good, good to see him kind of get you know what what he's earned. Um, and I think I think beyond that, it also says something else about the Rams organization for for taking care um, of of their own guys. Um, and, and I think it continues to kind of put a spotlight on them that like you know, hey, this is a place you can come. You, you know, you, you can win, uh, and, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna take care of you and pay you regardless of what it does to our cap or, or draft picks uh, or whatever else. And you know, if you're lucky, you know, our social media department will put you in a, a top men trailer. So there's, there's just uh, so much to like about being, I think, a Los Angeles Ram. You know, this this, this day and time, and, and this Aaron Donald extension is just the latest indication that, that that's a place that if you're a player, you probably want to go play. Yeah, and uh, I think um, as we talk about Aaron Donald, the best defensive player potentially of all time, you might want to put best negotiator too because uh, he played his cards beautifully and perfectly. Remember, he had three years left on his contract at a very high uh, salary rate, and he seized the moment to be able to say, um, uh, "I've accomplished everything that I want to accomplish. I might, uh, I might just uh, just retire unless you guys uh, hook me up," which is exactly what the Rams did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kudos to to Aaron Donald for playing uh, the poker game perfectly. Uh, Nate Davis, before we let you get out of here, um, we've been talking a little bit about what's going on with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, um, how that might play into Baker Mayfield potentially potentially getting on the field again for the Browns at some point if the Deshaun Watson um, situation you know, goes goes a certain way. Is that is that in the realm of possibility that, that Baker Mayfield could actually play another down for the Browns? I mean, you guys know the NFL. I mean, I, I, I... I've learned this lesson the hard way is, is you just, you can never say never because, you know, the, the minute you do something, something you said would never happen, uh, you know, t- turns out, turns out and, and, and happens. I mean, Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders, Tom Brady, you know, not playing for the Patriots. Certainly, you know, this is a, a different uh, and, and sad circumstance in many ways, but, um, 
you know, you, you, you would think that, that Baker Mayfield has, has burned all his bridges and then, and then dropped some extra napalm on them for, for good measure and is not going to go back and play for the Cleveland Browns. But uh, you know, if you're Baker Mayfield uh, and Sean Watson gets suspended for however many games it is, I mean, I, I think your, your best negotiating tactic or, or, or the best, best way to avail yourself is, is to go back and play for the team. Uh, play well, you know. Not, now that you've had your surgery and you should be fully healthy, and, and maybe you can show that you're uh, the, the 2020 version guy that, that took the Browns, you know, into the second round of the playoffs and, and almost to the AFC Championship game. Um, you, you're going to get paid your money. You know, you know that much. But uh, you've also, you know, found, learned, learned you're not going to be playing the rest of your career in Cleveland. Uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield doesn't, doesn't want that at this point anyway. But if you want to market yourself. To, to other teams, uh, and, and at a time when, when there really aren't any openings aside from may, maybe Seattle, I think I think the best thing you can do is, is, is go play and, and, and kind of get yourself back in that conversation and create a market for yourself going forward, whether it's this year or whether it's 2023. But, um, you know, you would think based on his statements that, that he's not going to be back and then based on the Browns' actions by signing Jacoby Brissett, who's, you know, a capable veteran backup that Baker won't be playing there this year. But, uh, if Deshaun Lawson's not available, um, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett under center? Uh, I would say you'd, you'd probably want Baker if, if you're comfortable uh, with, with all the, uh, the variables in the locker room at that point. Oh, Cleveland. That is such a Browns, Browns move over the, this offseason. It'll just be just continued dire straits for this organization. You can just feel it uh, searing. Nate, we absolutely love having you on. Thank you again for your time today. I'll tell you what, when the baby sleeps, you have to sleep, so go get some sleep. We appreciate your time, and, and hopefully you can see Top Gun Maverick on demand when it comes available. And the Mets in October. Oh, I got to see it on the big screen. Um, maybe when the baby sleeps is when I'll go sneak, sneak, sneak. There you go. The York, but <laughs> all, right. Hey. Next time. all right, thank you. We'll Thanks, send some mate. baby melatonin if that helps. Uh, yeah, that's that's well, insane because, uh, you know, for for this this organization for the for the Cleveland Browns it's almost like you could write this year off because if it's going to start getting this badly you have nothing to rely on and you lost the complete faith of all your players on what they want to do everyone has a job to do but they have to be looking around at the GM and head coach thinking like what have you put us into well well first of all that was um, ownership signed off on that so if you're the owner you can't be mad at your general manager and your coach right now you literally signed off on that move they came to you with everything, every scenario, um, and, and you signed off on it. So I don't blame that on the general manager or coach. That was an organizational decision, number one. Number two, Nate brought it up. Um, if you're if you're Baker Mayfield, why do you burn the bridge the way you burned it? It was the classic case of handling something like a child and being unprofessional about it. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo and the way he's handled his situation uh, with the San Francisco 49ers and understand how to do something professionally and with class and with dignity and set yourself up for a better day, which when Jimmy Garoppolo gets healthy, there will be a better day for him. You had to have, as Baker Mayfield been able to look at that situation that was looming and potential uh, in Cleveland with a, with the addition of a Deshaun Watson and say, there's a chance he's going to get suspended for a lot of games. That could be your opportunity, as Nate uh, Davis just brought up, uh, healthy after the surgery. Now all of a sudden you have your arm strength back. back. Go play your butt off and put yourself in a better position and do it as a professional, as an NFL professional that – understands the bigger picture of this and doesn't get so caught up 
in the um, arrogance and the selfishness that he's been accustomed to and just look at it in such a limited fashion that he's burned not just a bridge in Cleveland. Nobody in the NFL wants him right now. Um, whereas he could have just sat back, been a professional about it, seized any kind of opportunity that might have still come with with uh, with the Browns because there was going to be uh, a, a, an opportunity and play yourself into a better situation. It's the different. It's the difference between being unprofessional and professional. Yeah, it's the same Baker Mayfield we saw in 2018 when. Uh, he was staring down Hugh Jackson, his former coach, because Hugh got a job in the middle of the season to become an assistant with the Bengals. And you would see uh, during that game where Baker was staring him down, wouldn't shake his hand after the game. Like, you know, that was one thing you could say, all right, maybe you're a rookie and you learn from your mistakes, but nothing has changed. Definitely, It is still the same haphazard, irresponsible, uh, shooting from the hip, kind of like way over emotional response that Baker Mayfield just continues to show you that I don't know if he belongs in this league. Well, um, talent-wise, I, I still believe he actually does talent-wise. I think when healthy, he can help a team. Uh, he's not the number one pick overall, the greatest quarterback. That Those days are, are, over, are over. But if he plays the game the right way and handles his business the right way, he can still be a credible, viable quarterback uh, in the NFL. Now, here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, you have to be able to look at situations – as an adult and as a professional and uh, understand that there's 32 there's 31 other teams you know so but, but by burning the bridge that he did the way he did in Cleveland 31 other teams are seeing the exact same thing and here's the other part of it sports life in general are always um, an opportunity for reclamation projects and just comeback stories and there, that opportunity also exists and existed for him for a chance to redeem himself. How many times have we seen, you know, uh, or, or the possibility of the guy that got written off and kicked to the curb comes back to save the day? What a great story that could have been and still actually could be in Cleveland if he just plays his cards uh, correctly. And then all of a sudden wins favor and wins fans and wins public relations and opens the eyes of other teams in the NFL to say, hey, this is a guy that uh, we could feel we'd feel comfortable putting uh, behind center. But right now, Everything that he's done is to play the card completely wrong to the point where not only are the Cleveland Browns reluctant to probably put him out on the field, but so are 31 other teams. And it could have been completely the opposite if he just handled himself as a professional. Yeah, and it's a, it makes you wonder, like, when? If it's not going to happen and it hasn't happened yet— when will it happen? You want to make sure that you want to invest your money in a guy that's going to be a leader on the field? He still has yet to show that. And that's the that's Baker Mayfield's problem and Cleveland's compounded problem. Talk about drilling down on negativity. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about some Raiders footage that Marcus Johnson has compiled with uh, SilverAndBlackPride.com as well as his own show, Tape Don't Lie, with SB Nation. More on that on the other side. And also, the preseason schedule times have been revealed for the Las Vegas Raiders. All that and more in the third hour on Raider Nation Radio. Now, back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi. Fang. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Yes, 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 yes. Speaking about the Realty One Group, you know, it's time to buy or sell a home, and the Realty One Group wants to be the ones to be part of your story. Look, no doubt, the housing market is hectic. Our resident real estate guru here, Clay Maker, 
Yes. Has just, I mean, he's been, he's all over the real estate market. Got my uh, finger on the pulse. The finger on the pulse. <laughs> Hopefully you're not upside down. We, we, we need to be upside right, right? Is That's that how right. you call it? You're right. And you want to, uh, you got to take time with it. But boy, you got to make sure you get off to a good start. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So we all know that the market is hectic, but it's still a great time to buy and even uh, to sell and even buy the home of your dreams. To do so, you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done, and they've got you at the Realty One Group. They know the market, they know the neighborhoods, they know the transactions, and they know they can get this done for you. Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas, and it's been their home for more than 11 years. And in that time, Clay Baker, they've been opening doors for their clients and professionals to live better lives. They are also proud to give back to the community donating their time and resources to make an impact here in Las Vegas. So whether you're buying or selling a home, call them today at the Realty One Group at 888-461-0101. Clay Baker, it's that time where we get to look at some film. Yes, it's I time like to it. Gets get into the film room with our good buddy Marcus Johnson from SB Nation, of course, right? So also with silverandblackpride.com and his own show, Tape Don't Lie, on YouTube and everywhere you get podcasts. Marcus, thank you for joining us today. I spent some time on the uh, on the channel over the weekend, and I really enjoyed your work at how you looked at Chandler Jones when he was with Arizona and his uh, work against the Rams last year. What did you uncover of what Chandler Jones's approach was? Uh, I thought Chandler Jones is just an awesome technician. I think he's just somebody that could come in and show the other Raiders defensive ends how it's done. I mean, everything he did it had a plan, mm-hmm. and everything was a setup. Uh, and it was against, you know, I watched him against one of the better left tackles in the league, which is, you know, Whitworth. And I know Whitworth's higher in age, but he's still top 10 left tackle last year going into his, uh, into his 40s. So watching him against uh, Andrew Whitworth and him, have a really good game against him. And he didn't give me sacks or anything or nothing really like, you know, on the, the board, right. right? But the pressures and the impact, seeing how he gets double teamed, um, you know, the center, you know, was, had to go all the way out of his way to help with Chandler Jones. That's going to free up everything for Max Crosby. So just watching how teams game plan for him and how that's going to set up everything else for the other players that are on the defensive line is, uh, is was pretty fun to watch. It, it was exciting to see that because he's, he's just a, a presence. And teams have to game plan for him. If they don't, he's going to beat them. So, Marcus, when you look at somebody like Chandler Jones, obviously he checks off all the boxes. Uh, he's a big, powerful, athletic uh, NFL football player, um, and he's so he checks off all of the physical uh, a- um, attributes that you want. But you know what? So are a lot of people in the NFL. There's a lot of big, strong, fast players in the NFL. Whether you're talking about the offensive line or the defensive line, what separates Chandler Jones, in addition to all those great physical attributes, is the intelligence that he brings to the table, the game plan he brings to the table as a rush end. Talk a little bit about the technician that Chandler Jones is, and what Raider Nation can start getting excited about when they talk about Chandler Jones. So, you know, I was talking about setting up Whitworth. So, I mean, he was setting up Whitworth all game, right? So he, he first he started off with a two-hand bull rush, okay? So he did a two-hand bull rush with, with Whitworth, so Whitworth started to react to that, okay? So then, so after he did that a couple times, then he went to a one-arm a one, uh, bull rush, they call it a long arm. So he used a long arm. Uh, Raiders fans are very familiar with Will Mack, the Eric Fisher, him lifting Eric Fisher off the ground. So that's kind of the, the long-arm move that Chandler Jones did. So once Whitworth adjusted a long arm, Chandler Jones added another move that I've never seen, which he added a long arm, and then he chopped while he was long arming. Which so, so if you're a fan, imagine this: he has one arm inside of Andrew Whitworth's chest, right? And then 
he decides to, with his other hand, chop at his other, at Andrew Whitworth's left hand. So then Andrew Whitworth can't block him at all. And he goes right to the quarterback. So it's, it's crazy <laughs> stuff like that. That he's just incredible that way that you just can't teach. Like, I've never really seen that before. And that's something that he's just a savvy, savvy, very well-coached pass rusher. And it's, you know, even his athletic profile coming out of college is not something you see from, like, Brian Burns or some of the other guys who go top five. And that's where he went where he went. But the technician part of it is why he's still one of the best pass rushers in football. It's Marcus Johnson here with us on Raider Nation Radio. Follow him on Twitter at the Mark John NFL. So many camps will have a chance to take a look this week at how Patrick Graham's defense is starting to evolve, and a lot of the new faces that will start to emerge, and but also guys like John Abram. It makes you wonder, right? Where does his role start to uh, end up with Patrick Graham, and is there something that he can do that he can flourish in what uh, Graham wants to do with this defense? Yeah, it's interesting to see how, how they use him. I know there's a lot of reports about him playing too high, um, you know, early on in, in camp. I mean, but that, that could be a lot of installing. I mean, right now, sure. there's a lot of installs going on. There's a lot of, you know, kind of putting players in the kind of their base positions, right? So, yeah, is, is he going to be a safety for the Raiders? Of course, he's going to be a safety for the Raiders. Are they going to use him every single week up high? Probably not. So, I, I think some of the things you see right now are kind of just some putting in the base stuff. Like, uh, you know, we talked about a lot about Nate Haas playing safety, and, you know, he's playing slot corner right now. But, you know, Julian Love for Patrick Graham, or even or even if you go to Steve Bagnolo, which Patrick Graham, his DBs come from, his secondary stuff comes from Steve Bagnolo more than it comes from the Patriots. And Steve Bagnolo had Tyron Matthews, which just moved everywhere. And, you know, if, if he feels like that's Nate Haas, Nate Haas can just move everywhere. He can play slot, he can play safety, then that might be his, his guy. So you can't just kind of limit some of these guys to certain positions. So, yeah, like right now, Aver might be playing too high, but he might be playing dime, dime linebacker some games. It's going to be such an adjusting thing every single week. It's, uh, you just can't pigeonhole these players, in my opinion. Marcus, uh, I want to take you to the other side of the football. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a breakdown uh, you've done. I suspect that, uh, that 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 you're pretty deep in the woods uh, in, in it. And I know I am, and I've kind of fallen in love with watching film of Devontae Adams, uh, Marcus. I mean, he... I knew he was good. You just have to look at the numbers, and even as a casual fan, watch some Green Bay Packers game and going, wow, that guy's pretty good. But when you <laughs> look and study the tape, oh, my goodness, this dude is next-level good. Um, explain to us what makes Devontae Adams so tremendous in all facets of the wide receiver game. I think against press coverage, he probably has the best release in football. I mean, I mean, there's probably maybe a couple guys that could, you know, compare to him maybe but uh, I mean when it comes to press coverage I mean there's not really anybody that can press coverage him in the NFL I, I don't think there's one player that could sit there and stand up in front of him and win at least, he's winning at least eight out of those ten times I don't care who it is I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey I don't care if it's Enzo Ward I don't care who it is who you think it is they're not going to win a lot and that's why I think that that's his biggest impact for this team is going to be the red zone Raiders have had red zone issues have been you know everybody's been writing about it everybody's been talking about it for the past four seasons and I think that's his biggest impact. He has 57 red zone touchdowns since 2014, which leads the NFL. And I think it's like a crazy number since like 2017, like 37 or something like that. Wow. So that's his big, biggest impact. And since he has that release and he's so hard to guard and press coverage, and him and Derek Carr are going to have that timing on those fade routes like he used to have with Michael Crabtree, I believe. And it's going to be even that to another level. That's what I would say fans should expect. You know, even if his numbers aren't the 1,600 because, you know, he's sharing uh, targets with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, I still expect a lot of touchdowns. I expect him to score nothing but touchdowns like he's Chris Carter. So 
um, uh, that's kind of something I'm looking forward to. And if they ever see him on tape, or if you guys, you know, they see me break him down too, it's press coverage, man. You cannot press him at all. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like when he puts his foot down uh, in the ground, it's it's hard for anybody to like even stay around him. He gets explosive. But also, uh, what have you noticed like creatively that he does that is also different on his route running? I would say, like, I mean, he's a basketball player. At okay. Heart. He didn't play. He didn't play football until I think his junior or senior year, I believe. That's why he ended up going to Fresno State. So you know, a lot of these guys who are basketball players, I mean, when they run their routes, it's kind of like they have a ball in their hand. So like, uh, <laughs> Stephon Diggs is, is a big one. If you watch Stephon Diggs, sometimes you'll see him do like behind the back motions and stuff like that because it's really something that they they, <laughs> they imagine in their head. So they run routes like they're playing basketball. So you'll see a lot of crossovers. You'll see a lot of uh, jab steps, crossovers like they're like you know like you're trying to cross somebody up like Allen Iverson. So. I think that's, that has a lot to do with what his route running is, that basketball background. Um, that's why I really like Drake London coming out, too. I think that basketball background with some of these route runners really helps because they have that ability and that quickness. And, you know, they can just imagine the balls in their hand and kind of get open the same way. So Exactly. I mean, when you think about basketball, think about guys busting somebody off the off the dribble to get to the basket, uh, whether it's, the, you know, to get to the rim themselves or, or create and, and find the open man, but it's breaking down the guy in front of you. And, and a lot of times, too, uh, Marcus, it's the guy that they know is coming from the other side as well. It's being able to read not just who's in front of you, but also the coverage behind them, I would imagine. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and that's something that you know, Devontae Adams is, is good at as well. I mean, just from playing inside and outside, and, you know, just helping with Aaron Rodgers and just being in the West Coast offense, a lot of option routes for the inside guy. But, you know, then playing X outside too in the West Coast, you know, you get those those fades. So he's able to read it and do both. And I think that's something that, you know, why even if Derek Carr wasn't the quarterback, you know, Joshua Daniels would still want to bring him in for that, those type of reasons for this offense and the way the offense is set up, especially if it's set up for, you know, an unorthodox route runner who likes to kind of just, you know, mix it up a little bit. The, the setup of his offense is perfect for that. So that's why I think he's a great fit as well. Marcus, I really enjoyed the the stuff with Tape Don't Lie on YouTube as well as uh, on the podcast. You did something uh, like a little deep dive on Neil Phil Jr.'s game, the defensive tackle rookie from LSU. Uh, what did you notice from the, the, the game log you guys were looking at, especially that game against Alabama? What does he do special that really jumps off the screen? I think he has an incredible burst off the ball. Okay. I think he, how how big he is. Um, he moves so fast off the ball that it, just right away he's going to cause disruption for certain offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, you know the, the guys that aren't that aren't as savvy or you know the more average offensive linemen or average guards. His burst and get off and power mm-hmm. is going to be hard for them to handle. And he's, he's he's very good fundamentally too with his technique. But is his burst off the ball is really just really really special. I think sometimes he have high pad level, which you know with, when he faces the better interior offensive line, he's gonna have some issues with that because they're, they're gonna know he has high, high pad level and they're gonna be ready for him. But when he's going against the average, more below average players, I think right away they're not gonna be able to handle his quickness. He's just, he just he's so big and he gets off the ball so quick that it's he's gonna be able to make an impact year one in certain instances. But there's gonna be certain times when he's getting. He's still a rookie. He's not just the most dominant first-round nose tackle that you'll ever see. So his athletic profile is not the best. So there's going to be some instances where he might mess up a little bit year one, but I think there's a, a lot of potential, and that was probably one of my favorite draft picks. So. Oh, that's great stuff. Marcus, thanks again for coming on today, making time for us. Uh, tell us what's going on this week uh, with you guys over at Tape Don't Lie. So, you know, I'm doing some stuff. I'm covering the wide receiver battle uh, outside of the big three. So okay. like, look at Robinson, I'm looking at Mac Hollins, and I'm looking at – and Cole, so I'm going to do something on that. 
on those three guys and kind of see, you know, who can separate themselves in that battle. Or maybe even there's somebody else that's smaller that can come in and do that. So I'm going to be looking at that. And, uh, you know, and looking at, still going over the 2019 guys. So, you know, I'm doing some Josh Jacobs stuff this week. So I'm um, definitely looking forward to that. All right, man. I appreciate it. It's great work. Thank you again, Marcus. We love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. And thank, thank you, Mark John NFL on Twitter. All right, his first part about uh, Chandler Jones against Whitworth and, and the Rams' uh, offensive line, that's a great offensive line. Uh, it was like dynamite, and I don't think even Stafford realized what it was like to actually work with that kind of uh, semblance of consistency, power, anything they wanted to do, they could do, they could manipulate. But as he brought up, like Chandler Jones was giving all kinds of arsenal to a guy like Whitworth, who is probably the class of the league, even at his age. Yeah, it was a good offensive line. It wasn't a great offensive line. And again, that gives the Raiders a little bit of hope that you don't have to have the best of the best sure. to be able to, if you if you can scheme it up and you've got a quarterback that gets the ball out quickly and great weapons uh, as well. Uh, but um, no doubt, Andrew Whitworth is a mountain <laughs> and getting around him and dealing with him. Uh, it doesn't just take physicality um, and being fast and, 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 and strong. All of those things obviously play into it. But it's a battle of the wits as well. Whitworth, wits, wits. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Um, Silent H. And but that's what right. Chandler Jones does. And Max Crosby is closing in on that. Max Crosby made a huge jump last year. Amazing. Um, in terms of the technical aspect of pass rushing and the mental aspect and the chess game, really, that. Um, and and knowing when to unleash a certain move and setting that move up uh, and deking your opponent into thinking you're going to do one thing and end up doing uh, another thing. It also takes teamwork, um, you know, with with the other uh, defensive uh, linemen on on the field as well. But I think that Chandler Jones is elite at that level. He's one of the best to ever do it. Uh, Max Crosby is getting better and better and better at it. But I also look at a guy, again, we brought up Malcolm Kuntz. Like, if I'm Malcolm Kuntz, yes, for sure. I am sitting in the classroom of Chandler Jones day after day after day after day and soaking it all in. And here's a good thing about Chandler Jones. You could tell already this is pretty obvious. He's going to be a willing teacher. I think he wants to – he's at that stage of his career where – I'm going to impart everything that I know on whoever wants to ask. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the key is asking and being okay with going up to a Chandler Jones and saying, hey, man, help me out. And I think Chandler Jones, the way he's wired, is is wired to do just that. And so is Max Crosby. You watch Max Crosby on the field, actually, if you just listen to him on the practice field, how much he's um, – encouraging how much he's pulling guys aside to show them certain things a lot of the younger players some of the veterans some veterans are just indifferent toward that max crosby is a guy that wants to be a willing asset to his teammates and i know chandler jones feels the same way so and then all of a sudden you know you also have this really good uh, young defensive uh, line coach that the that the raiders have brought in so all of those assets that the raiders have now for some of these younger players if i'm a young player on that defensive line again i just got master class um, really professors, <laughs> not only on from the coaching end of it, but also from the player end of it, my peers, uh, it's just an asset that you have to be um, just ready and willing, really, uh, to tap into. And don't be afraid to go ask those guys questions because they're going to give you the answers. They're going to be willing teachers. Yeah, they, you could have asked for a better environment for a younger player to, to learn from, from guys who not only will show on the field, but you can always be open enough to ask them. And uh, we saw how last year Gus Bradley was like, we just want Malcolm to, to watch Unique. We, we just, at yeah. this point, everything's fine with what Malcolm's doing, but we just want him to sit and watch Unique work. 
and, right. and, and also find his technique down. And, uh, you know, when, when Kuntz did find time, you could see where uh, the, in a little more time and a little more seasoning, uh, this is going to be a viable NFL threat. Yeah, and, um, you know, again, uh, is he an every-down player? I mean, everybody hopes that that, that uh, ends up being the case. But if he's somebody that in a sub-package can come in and, and, and make things happen in situationally, that's worth its weight in gold when you have somebody that you know that you can bring in uh, that has the ability to get to the quarterback like we've talked with with Malcolm Kuntz um, and, and just being able to tap into that and expect and get back production in return uh, that, that – only helps because now you could go to the bench, you can go into your reserve group uh, and be able to not just spell guys and take up snaps, but but uh, produce meaning, meaningful snaps in, in reserves. This is Raider Nation Radio. Vinny and Clay here with you in this third hour. Thanks again to Marcus Johnson and, and Nate Davis today. All our interviews will be up on our podcast page up at lvsportsnetwork.com, iTunes, Audible, Amazon, and more. We're coming back here in just a few minutes, it's r 920. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being with us here on Raider Nation Radio. All right, Vinny's got to head out to minicamp. Heidi's already on her way. What are the kind of things that you want to see today? Well, after talking about Malcolm Kuntz, I want to look at some Malcolm Kuntz uh, out there today. But, uh, of of course, for me, I'm going to start out uh, along the offensive line. I want to see if uh, Andre James is back out there. He missed uh, last Thursday, at least. It could be any number of reasons why he wasn't there. I'm not going to read anything uh, uh, into that. Uh, is Alex Leatherwood continuing to take uh, the majority of the snaps at right tackle? I think that uh, over these next three days, it's going to be really telling uh, where that whole situation might be headed. Who's playing alongside him at right guard if he is playing right tackle? Uh, taking a look at that. Uh, I want to take a look at where Jonathan Abram uh, is lining up predominantly. Um, you know, uh, from his safety position, Nate Davis talked about being sort of that kind of a de facto linebacker. I mm. think that's his best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see uh, Divine Diablo. I want to take a look at Divine Diablo. Tyreek Gillespie, I didn't – I don't want to say that for sure that he wasn't out there Thursday because, um, you know, uh, some of the defensive players were pretty far away from us. But I know Tashawn Reed and I from The Athletic um, couldn't find him. So uh, I want to see if he's going to be out there. Uh, remember, this is mandatory now. This is no longer voluntary. This isn't an OTA. This is mandatory minicamp. Uh, so if you're not there, you better have a good reason for not being there. Otherwise, um, fines start coming into uh, into play. Um, but uh, but yeah, I want to see I want to see some. I, I hope that uh, we're able to get some really good access to some eleven on eleven. Uh, I like the way the physicality that the Raiders showed last week uh, in their run game uh, and how they were throwing it. I thought Jarrett Stidham had some nice th- balls uh, that he was throwing. That's an important part of this team. That's good. Who's going to be the backup quarterback? Uh, to Derek Carr. So uh, I'm going on and on because there's so much to look at and I can't wait to get over to Henderson. Well, we'll keep you updated all day long. Keep it right here to Raider Nation Radio. Uh, JT the Brick is off today, but Harry Ruiz will be in the studio from 12 to 2. Love Followed Harry. by Q Myers from 2 to 5, an extended day of Raider Nation Radio. You keep it locked and loaded here on r 920 for Vinny. I'm Clay for Heidi. Have a great day, everybody. See we'll you guys talk tomorrow. To you soon. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.